Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Now, the character may be his or her own antagonist. They may have faulty beliefs or worldviews that get in their way, but it will all manifest in the physical world. What happens on the plot level, on the surface, is there to trigger your character's internal battle. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Do you balance character development with the advancement of your plot? I mean, how can you develop characters to even execute your plot unless you first start out with a plot? Developing a plot to fit characters may seem to be putting the cart before the horse, but structure is not something you should impose from the outside in unless you want an off-the-rack story. When you plot first, things happen to a major or central character, but they're only connected by the fact that it's that character they happen to. So there's no evolving story. It's just one episode after another, and the events become almost interchangeable because there's no connecting tissue in them. It's just a series of episodes. But every story, whether it's a thriller, a fantasy, whether it's realistic or literary, whether it's mystery or science fiction, it's in some way about the private life, the inner life. So there's going to be some central evolving concern or problem that your character must deal with. And what this story is about is the actions, the suffering, the pain, the missteps, and the victories of the characters. F. Scott Fitzgerald once said, character is action, but action without character is blind. So if action is character, what is plot? Well, you can think of plot as the trouble your character encounters as he tries to get what he wants, as he tries to solve this story problem. So character and plot are bound together. You can't really work on them separately. 
So in this episode, I want to give you five checkpoints to help you develop both character and plot. So let's get right to it. Checkpoint number one, do your characters evolve out of point of view? You know, by point of view, I don't mean first or third person. By point of view, I mean how your character hooks into the world of your story. Point of view comes from your character's desire, his or her passionate relationship with that desire, and significant history, how your character comes into the story wanting what he or she wants. So you can think of point of view as the center of perception, the center of perception. So who's perceiving, interpreting, and reporting what's happening? You also want to understand your other character's points of view. All characters evolve out of a certain point of view. Now, that doesn't mean we'll be getting the action reported through every character's point of view. It doesn't mean we'll be inside that character's body and mind, but that character should still evolve out of a certain point of view with his or her own desires, beliefs, motivations, worldviews, etc. So number one, do your characters evolve out of point of view? Okay, on to checkpoint number two. Does your character have a clear, concrete goal? Character is action, but action is driven by an ardent desire. Your character has to want something. One thing, not two things, not three things. One specific thing that's driving this character through the action, through the plot. Doug Glover once said that the novel is an engine of desire. So you want to make it concrete and specific. Now, the want doesn't need to be spectacular. It's the intensity of the want that matters. Anna Karenina wants to be with Vronsky. Why? To escape her loveless marriage. Frank Wheeler wants to quit his job and move to Paris. Why? Because his marriage is on the rocks and he's bored to death with his nine to five job. Jay Gatsby wants to recapture the love he had with Daisy Buchanan. One of the biggest hurdles writers face is nailing down what the character wants in concrete terms. It's usually vague, like He wants to settle down, get married, and have a normal life. And that's a worthy goal, but how does that desire manifest? Now, character desire is tricky because it's often layered with unconscious desires and beliefs that are more internal and not so concrete. Wants aren't always simple and straightforward, just as people's motives are seldom simple or straightforward. So the more complicated the protagonist aims, both to her and to us, the more interesting that character will be, and the more interesting the unfolding of the story will be. But it can really help to think of how that 
unconscious desire manifests outwardly. If your character wants true love, who in the story manifests that? Is there an unrequited love interest? What does this person do to get what they want? What actions do they take? What choices do they make? What do they want? Why do they want it? Why now? So checkpoint number two, does your character have a clear, concrete goal? On to checkpoint number three. Is there a clear obstacle interfering with your character's goal? This is the trouble that makes up your plot. Your character wants something. He has trouble getting it. And by the end, he either gets what he wants or not. So there's a clear antagonist interference or opposition that makes it harder for your protagonist to get what he or she wants. Now, the character may be his or her own antagonist. They may have faulty beliefs or worldviews that get in their way, but it will all manifest in the physical world. What happens on the plot level, on the surface, is there to trigger your character's internal battle. So you have the overarching goal, what your character wants or needs to achieve by the end of the story, and then every scene is a microcosm of the whole. Every scene is motivated by a need or expectation. You don't just need to know what your protagonist wants coming into a scene. You need to know what every other character in the scene also wants. And those wants should clash. At the end of each scene, it's either going to be a win or a loss for your point of view character. So What does your character want by the end of the story? And then what does he or she want entering every scene? What do the other characters in the scene want? And how do these wants clash? Who gets the upper hand at the end of the scene? So checkpoint number three, is there a clear obstacle interfering with your character's goal? Checkpoint number four, Do you make a claim for a character that you aren't demonstrating? This is the show versus tell. Telling would be Jason was witty. Anna Maria was attractive. She was careless. He was manipulative. Owen is compulsive. That's telling. That's just information. You need to give us the proof. You have to demonstrate that or you're short-circuiting the reader's hardwired urge to participate, to see the action unfold. For example, if Janet is careless, there are thousands of ways to be careless. Does she leave the oven on overnight after baking banana bread? Does she lock her keys in the car with her eight-month-old in the back seat? Or is she lathering her hair in the shower when she realizes she forgot to pick up her kid from school early for his dentist appointment. So action is narrative proof. Character is action. Action is narrative proof. Now, even if you tell us a character is a certain way or looks a certain way, give us the proof. If Anna Maria is attractive, 
and the main character says so, that's fine, but support that with the details. Don't just stop at the adjective. And I would go a step further and defy any generic descriptions of beauty or any other generic descriptions. Bernard Malamud does this in his story, Still Life. The Patrici, a thin, almost gaunt, high-voiced, restless type with short, black, uncombed hair, violet mouth, distracted eyes, and tense neck, a woman with narrow buttocks and piercing breasts, was in her way attractive, if not in truth, beautiful. She had on a thick black woolen sweater, eroded black velveteen culottes, black socks, and leather sandals spotted with drops of paint. Now, we don't need to agree that Anna Maria is attractive. We just need to believe that the protagonist does. So give us the proof. Action is narrative proof, and so are precise, concrete details. Okay, on to checkpoint number five. Do all of your characters have a story function? Sometimes a character is in a first draft simply because we liked writing about that person and it runs away with us. And that character's function is, or it seems to be just a pretext for working that character into the story. So you'll need to find a more clear and useful function for that character, or you'll have to eliminate that character altogether because they aren't serving any function. And sometimes as we revise, the functions of our characters change. So maybe that character contributes to the development of the plot or to the development of the protagonist's inner conflict. Maybe you do have a clear purpose for this character, but this character must be interesting in and of himself while serving the story function. So you have to give this character his or her own moment by way of introduction so that the reader is clued in that this is a character who has purpose in the story. But, and this is important, the character should never seem to be in the story simply to serve a plot function. Often I'll see a character come into a story relatively late and I'll ask, is this person essential to the story? Why? So this is a character who will make a sudden and brief appearance without any indication of purpose, and then they'll reappear several chapters later just to tell the main character something about the plot, and by that time, we've already forgotten who this person was, and that's just not a good enough purpose for a character. So as you revise, ask what function each of your characters has. How does each serve to develop or complicate the conflicts between the protagonist and antagonist? Or let's say the story is one of inner conflict as opposed to outer conflict. How does each character in your story draw out some facet of the protagonist's mental or spiritual problem? You want to think of each character in your story, no matter how minor, as a graded variation of your protagonist. Some characters are parallels to the protagonist. So they're in the story because he or she has traits that are like 
your protagonist. So this character's function is to give us a clearer sense of your main character. But another character's function may be to offer a contrast. Now, the functions of individual characters can become complex, so you need to know the character's functions very clearly. When their role in the story isn't clear, the reader winds up expending much too much effort into understanding why they're there in the story to begin with. They want to know who and what to pay attention to. And if a character enters a scene, even if their presence is brief, they need to make their mark on what happens. Okay, let's recap. We talked about the interconnection between character and plot. You really can't separate them, which is why I always advise writing a discovery draft before you outline. Now, for more on that, listen to episode 158, A Different Approach to Writing First Drafts. Character is action fueled by desire, and plot is the trouble he or she encounters in getting what he or she wants. The real story is the inner story. But Plot and character are deeply intertwined, or as Richard Bausch says, like the bricks and mortar in a wall. So that's where the story is, at the intersection between character and plot. So here are those five checkpoints to help you develop both character and plot. Number one, do your characters evolve out of a clear point of view? Point of view is how your characters hook into the world of your story. Number two, does your character have a clear, concrete goal? Number three, is there a clear antagonist interference or opposition that makes it harder for your protagonist to get what he or she wants or to solve his or her story problem? Number four, do you make a claim for a character that you aren't demonstrating? Action is narrative proof. Concrete details are also narrative proof. And checkpoint number five, do all of your characters have a story function? Now, when we create characters, we're not going to get them figured out in one or two passes. It's a process of layering, just like real people. It takes time to get to know these characters beyond what's visible on the surface, beyond what's visible on the page. That's true for you, and it's just as true for your readers. They will discover your characters in ever-deepening layers. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.